This episode of the Lost King Podcast is brought to you by Daddy Issues. Daddy Issues, the real superpower. Podcast. Indeed, and um, as you might notice, it's a bit loud out here. Yeah, apologies for the background noise because we just came off watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. GOTG V Two, and who do we have speaking? I am, of course, I am Groot. <laughs> actually, I am Shafiq. I am Shafiq. I am Shafiq. Okay, that's, that shall be the running joke for this episode. And who else do I have I beside me? I am Rocket Toffee, or is it Toffee Raccoon? Which sounds better? Rocket Toffee. I Rocket like, Toffee. I like okay. Rocket Toffee. That Rocket sounds- Toffee sounds edible and nutritious in a way, whereas Toffee Raccoon just sounds uh, wet and hairy. Okay, we'll go with <laughs> Toffee Raccoon. I'm uh, sorry, sorry. Rocket Toffee. Rocket Toffee. We'll go back and forth with this joke yes, for us. And sorry. who else do we have here in the special outdoor studio for today? And it is Star Tom. Star Tom? Yeah, just yep. Star Tom because the other option was Star Nerd. Like <laughs> uh, okay, Star Tom? How about Tom Star? Tom Star Runner. Tom Star sounds a lot like another YouTuber right now. So they have like two mm. legs, they have like a backwards baseball cap and. Possibly. Anyway, uh, this meandering episode is in front of the latest Marvel offering. Well, it's uh, the kickstart to the summer season. The slump is kind of over. I mean, For a bit. Yeah, I mean, last thing we saw was like. Fast and Furious 8. Yeah. Okay, another Vin Diesel joint. And it's nice to have a movie where, you know, I actually enjoyed Vin Diesel's performance. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to an extent. I mean, yes, that's not the best voice work ever. Like, who would have thought that he could do a baby voice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A really well done baby voice. A very convincing one, yeah. And at the same time, I would think that Groot steals the show for this one. (laughs) I mean, I guess so. Although, I would still say, hands down, my favorite character is Drax. Drax, really? Absolutely. Because Asperger's as fuck. Because it is the most beautiful way someone has ever shown Asperger's on TV oh. or film. Well, we can always go back to that Power Rangers episode, you know, with another Spectrum character. But I think uh, I would agree I with you this more. One is this one more convincing, I guess, because he could punch your face if you look at him wrong. Maybe that's that's the kicker right there. And you're saying Billy can't? No, no. Well, oh yeah, he can actually. Yeah. Shoot, shoot, Billy yeah. can't. Another YouTuber who you should all not follow. <laughs> but I mean, literally. I mean, if you. Do you all just have this feeling that Groot is like a walking, talking Funko toy? Just, you know... They've already made like two, three toys of that character. So it's <laughs> inevitable. It's inevitable. I mean, like how cute was that opening sequence, you know, with it him was, dancing yeah. to all that action in the background? It yeah, was yeah. fantastic. It was also a great music choice because, of course, James Gunn is as much in love with 80s music as everyone else is. We yes. all need to follow him on Spotify like yep. right now. Yep. I mean, yep. like, the, yeah. I, I think, think that's, all the stars and everyone, like even YouTubers, all that, they have their own playlist thing going on on Spotify. Spotify, so James yeah, Gunn has one. There's probably one there, yeah. No, actually, I subscribe to the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One Spotify playlist, and yeah, I'm still listening to it to this day. Uh-huh. And really, like, really good choices. I mean, uh, one thing I really want to kind of also mention is the choice cuts they have for this one. Like, yo, when Cheap Trick Surrender kicked in oh, during the yeah. ending, I was like, oh man, that should have been in one of the action sequences. But I think Tom here has a bit of a bullet to bite. I, a bit I, of a gripe. A bit I, of have a, gripe. A, I have a bit of a gripe. Um. One of my favorite tunes to ever come out ever is The Chain by the glorious Fleetwood Mac. Yes. From the Rumours album, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah. yes. The, the one album. where everyone was fucking everyone but the people they were married to. Everyone was <laughs> in pain and heroin and weed and whatever. They all hated each other. They had to make music. And it was the most beautiful fuck you to ever be made into an album. And they played The Chain twice in the song. Yes. The, thing. the bridge. The bridge. Yeah. They play the bit, the build up to the big finale. They never play a fucking finale. But that has been used like pretty elegantly in the trailer. I think it's actually used pretty well here. Maybe I'm not complaining so much because it just hits home when all these lot things at the end happen as well. I know, but it kind of feels like you're getting a handjob and then just when you're about to climax, they punch you in the nuts <laughs> and I walk away. Yeah. Well, there's a literal punch that happened anyway, but we're yeah. not going to spoil it yet. I think we, we should. should go in the beginning first. Yeah, I think, like, uh, I, I'm going to have to break it down basically like to you guys. So we'll start with Shafiq. Okay. Like, what do you like about the movie since we're all on the positive points of it? Oh my god, it's so nice to see Marvel use color and be fun and oh amazing god, yes. and it's like it's gonna be such a refreshing uh, I mean like 
remnants of this can also be seen in the Thor Ragnarok trailer, mm -hmm. where you see them exper uh, experimenting more with the colorful, the more fun, the more entertaining, the more fantastical side of uh, the Thor Asgardian. Exactly what comic Absolutely. book movies need to be. Okay, I'm, I'm I can safely say Marvel has you know done away with any need for the gritty reboot. That I is think like they say that for the TV shows because of you know budget. Oh uh, yeah. god, okay, let's not mention Iron Fist anymore, you okay, know? Okay, yeah. But still at the same time, I would say like, um, besides the color palette and the action and like, this movie is just glorious junk food, you know? It is. It's, it's, it's a feast for the eyes. I mean, from e from Ego's planet to even like the Sovereign's area itself, the gold Where everything, everything is just like bathed in yellow, right? Yes, oh. so much yellow, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Why are you complaining? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Casual Racism. Very casual. Yeah, yeah. Even in the galaxy. I'm not a professional away. racist. I'm a casual racist. Only <laughs> <laughs> on nights. Yep. But I mean, uh, besides that, I would say like you know, it's nice to see Star Lord get yeah. fleshed out proper. Yeah. Because I mean, like as much as I'm a, f I didn't really need to know his backstory. Like Chris Pratt as an actor. I mean, as a character. I mean, he was fun. He was engaging. I mean, dude's got so much charm. How yeah. can you hate that guy? Absolutely. And the thing is, like, I mean, he is perfectly cast as uh, Star Lord. And then, like, it's nice to kind of see, like, oh, hey, so that's what they're gonna do with Kurt Russell, huh? Because yeah, I remember, yeah. I mean, if you all recall, like, when they are, when they kind of announced that yeah, Kurt he, Russell would play a planet. Yeah, ego. Huh. I mean, everyone in everyone who knows in Marvel comics knows that that's a living planet, right? Yeah. And then, like, okay, so it's like, how are they gonna do it? But the thing about Kurt Russell is like, oh god, they gotta stop with that whole make the guy young CGI at the beginning of the movie. It's, I mean, it's a it's a bad habit that Marvel have now. No, and it's what Disney has now. Disney is on this kick. They found like some algorithm to make it like that, especially with uh, what's that, Rogue One? Or it was Rogue One, before that what it was Iron War. Man 3. Right. Iron Man 3. Or oh, was it? Or oh, was it Civil, Civil War? War? Yeah, my bad. Where yeah. we see a very young, weird looking Robert Downey Jr. I mean, you can even go as far back as uh, that X-Men movie where they younged up uh, Patrick Stewart and Ian oh McKellen, remember? God. And how like plastic they looked. And like for this one, like seeing a young Kurt Russell, okay, me being a okay, it's not as bad as Tron Legacy. I mean, it's not as bad, not. but it's extremely noticeable. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like okay, I get it. You can do this. I mean, as much as that opening sequence with a uh, young Kurt Russell and Star Lord's mom, whose yep. name kind of escapes me at the moment. Meredith. Not, Meredith. 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 Meredith well. There you go. You know, and like kind of establishing the, the, the Deus Ex Machina, the Chekhov's gun of the entire uh, movie. Mm -hmm. yep. And then like just seeing that is like, okay, we get it. I mean, this could have been, this, this went on for a little bit too long for some reason. Like we didn't yeah, really... Maybe not for me, but maybe for you, yes. Maybe it's like different strokes. I mean, I think to me it was like, you know, you can get to the point already. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay. We kind of need to set that up before we can find out what the hell his real deal is yeah, later speaking on. Speaking of the opening, um... How much money do you think Dairy Queen paid to have that set up? Oh, well, this is Disney money, sir. I'm sure yeah. they can afford it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's I like. Think it's just stuff they've just used for toilet paper. I mean, <laughs> at, least, at least it wasn't as blatant as Krispy Kreme placement in Power Rangers. Yeah, that one, that was I think, you know, they, they need the money, so. But, yeah. Kreme. but what I love about all these product placements is like whenever they say, oh, yeah, your like, brand is going to appear in the movie for a short bit, and then like you just see the store get destroyed. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, yep, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we think of your brand. What I also like, I mean, apart from Star Lord's character building part, was I think everyone in the main. Guardians, Guardians group actually got a bit fleshed out a bit more. I Absolutely. mean, Gamora for one side and Drax. Yes, I agree. And yeah, even totally. Rocket Raccoon, even though it's yeah. more dialogue based in the sense where he's just being an asshole and we know why he became an asshole. And of course, Bradley Cooper, the perfect guy to play any asshole. Yes, yes, okay. perfect. And you finally get a kind of, well, you already knew kind of what was the reason why he was an asshole, but to have it actually spelled out by none other than the wonderful magnificent Yondu he's back as well I would say yeah, he, Michael he, 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 he no, no, no Michael Rooker sir oh my Rooker. god what the hell Henry Portrait me? of a Serial Killer you know yeah. that guy Michael Rooker yeah you I know? remember him from Super but anyway yeah I remember stuff. him more from Sliver the other James Gunn joint that yes. you all should watch yes I remember okay. him from Walking Dead Really? Oh yeah, he uh, was yeah, uh, yeah. Daryl's older brother for a second Mer right Merle right? Merle as my lovely wife calls him Blurug Blurug no, but, but anyway, yeah, Yongu got a bit of a good character. I mean, character thing going okay, on. Okay, yeah. so. one thing we need to say. Okay, this is gonna be spoiler heavy. So if it's not available in your region or your country, or you haven't seen Don't it yet, listen to us right now. Wait till you see it. Then listen back. to us. Okay, yeah. yes, definitely. But okay, you know what? The Yondu send off. God, I teared up. You that know, was yeah. who would have thought the that best a, way. a Ravager, you know, Yondu. Would be the kind of character that would you know, like. They would get the feels, man. Not just that, you know, they made him 
an A-list hero, an A-list character as of this point. Now, I'm pretty sure people watching this movie for the first time or like who are not really that aware of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, backstory or even like the backlog of comic books you can dive into, like I'm pretty sure like new fans will like look up Yondu and realize like, oh my god, this guy... He was actually the first Guardians in the comic book. Yeah, yeah, I think the yeah. He was in the first lineup, you know. Shoutouts to the 70s Guardians of the yes, Galaxy. That Guardians, yeah. Back when there were still D-lists. No, but of course, if you all can uh, kind of, uh, you know, get the hint from the stinger, is like, yeah, one thing that's very prevalent as a theme for this entire movie is daddy issues, apparently. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a very I mean, prevalent theme. And then the thing is, like, Yondu coming out as, like, being the one who raised Star-Lord. Okay, spoilers again. But yes, you know, like, him sacrificing his life and like seeing Michael Rooker play a character that you know isn't terrifying for once, yeah. But like Except them the endearing, Except for the well, yeah. But <laughs> and know. his ability to whistle the fuck you to death, yeah. wow! That space needle. I want that he, power. He, he, he got that really key scene where that the, the arrow thing just went around, just killing everyone in the ship. And yeah. how, how much did it like give you a nerd boner when he actually wore the proper big red mohawk? Yes. And like you know, yes. like the, like the real like that's what yeah. Yondu looks like. I could feel you two creaming either side of me when. We're watching this movie god I'm, damn I'm pretty sure everybody's gonna mention that like oh look Yondu he looks exactly like he did in the comic back yeah. like 50 years ago before I was speaking born speaking of shoutouts oh. I want to briefly pick up one of the many after credit scenes oh yes you wanna go straight to that uh, I just want to quickly mention it because I'm talking about how I'm completely fucking clueless about these things alright when no they when they set up a potential big bad slash hero for the next film it's gonna be a big bet. Uh, you're talking about the scene where the sovereign with uh, the giants, with, yeah, the, with the big tank. thing, yeah. And I just, I just heard the name, and, I'm like, eh. and then next to me, Mr. Tuffy goes, "Oh shit!" It's Adam Warlock. It's Adam oh Warlock. yeah, one Adam of the Warlock. more powerful guys in the Marvel mm-hmm. galaxy. But not only that, this is finally that one cornerstone or that one thing we can link onto that will link to the Infinity Gem and the Infinity yes, War. Yes, yes. Because Adam Warlock plays a very key part in that entire uh, saga. So I'm also speculating who could they possibly cast to play him? You know, what A-list actor out there who desperately needs a job wouldn't want some of that Disney money? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm and I think the, this might be a time when he actually comes off as like the megas, the bads. Because you know Adam Warlock, he's got two sides, if yeah, you remember. Yeah, yeah. So he's got, he can actually switch back and forth like good and evil. Like you got the mega side, you got the warlock side. I think he on. might be the big bad for when they do the Miss Marvel film. Which Maybe, I know but I don't think so. I think he'll be more tied to like the Infinity War it's, series. It's gonna be he, 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 I think, that. I yes. think Mar- Miss Marvel's between the two Infinity War films. Well, because back in the when's 90s, her movie coming out? Anyway, 2019, I think. So, back yeah. in the 90s, more like the Harbin, like not not really Harbinger. Sorry, it's more like the guy would be like, oh, you gotta be careful. The Gauntlet, that's crazy shit going on, right? Yeah, definitely. And then. The sort of he just advised. He was probably like the only one side. powerful enough to go toe to toe with Thanos when he has the full Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. So that's like it's very crucial that they flesh out this character and they do it properly. And even then, he's pretty unstable. Like not just in the '90s comic, but also in the Guardians of the Galaxy reboot of sorts in 2000-ish. Yeah, but I mean, here's another thing I also want to mention. I love the fact that the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, actually now feels like a universe. Yeah, things are yeah. slowly tying in. I mean, we get to see the watches as well. We see the watches with Stanley yes. next to them. So that's a big clue, hint, yeah. or possibility right there. Yeah. Especially remember that scene when uh, I think they were like Rocket Raccoon and Yondu were like teleporting across the universe. <laughs> Seven hundred times, right? And, and then the most fantastic <laughs> bits of CGI. CGI yeah. that, that feels like an internet gift that someone just stole from somewhere, just spliced into. It a movie. reminded me of a funnier version of the Total Recall bug eye thing. In a sense. Uh, but here's another thing I want to mention: yeah. is like remember when they uh, zoom past uh, Stanley? Yep. And then he mentioned like, oh, and then there was this time I was a FedEx guy. That's a shout out wait, to... Wait, which shout was this crap? Oh, you know when they exactly. zoom past and he goes, so, as I was saying. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing, like they're confirming it or maybe establishing it that Stanley is a part of the cinematic universe. He does play a certain character. Oh, yeah, maybe yeah. somebody who's transcendental. Going on for a long somebody time. who exists beyond dimensions, beyond movies. Or maybe it could be an old man who happens to be a spacesuit who has dementia. That's like it's a, maybe, maybe. sitting down having a very casual conversation with the watchers, sir. <laughs> yeah. Okay, come on. It could happen. <laughs> Speaking of sitting down in casual conversations, we once again get to have a view of that infamous duck Howard, yes, yes. is he ever gonna get a movie? No, he's, I, I, he's I, just I gonna like hang around in the background for the rest. Leia Thompson is still around, you know. You know, we can redo the love scene. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! But yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I don't think he's gonna get a movie or a TV show for that matter. But hey, stranger things have happened in this sort of. I mean, uh, talk about dangling a carrot, right? But the thing yeah. is, who wants a Howard the Duck movie? I mean, he was George Lucas, I guess. <laughs> 
And he doesn't own you, you any could, of this shit you anymore. He could actually play it out as a space comedy, I guess. He bumps into different Marvel characters. But the CGI alone on him could be just expensive. I don't think so. I mean, like, they've kind of pulled it off with every movie in existence so far. I mean, like, yeah. if you can have an entire movie with four CGI Ninja Turtles, you can definitely afford one, one CGI, CGI duck, yeah. you know? And the thing is, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Marvel themselves, they're so credible to the point where we're going to release a Howard the Duck movie whether you like it or not, and we'll just eat it up. Actually, you know what? We I don't want a up. Howard the Duck movie. I want a nice six-episode or seven-episode miniseries on Netflix. You know, make that happen, Marvel. You know, oh, yeah. people need to know the glory that, that is Howard the Duck. Yeah. Something that will wash the palette of anybody who is still suffering from the 80s Actually, movie made I want him to go to Earth find Artifice and just bitch slap him and then disappear like, <laughs> no explanation just do it okay but I mean okay how about this I'm gonna pass the conch over to uh, eccentric Tom uh-huh. okay, so what character or story plot point did you find most compelling yeah what, what stood out for you for me what stood out it was a small bit um, to set up there's another character who's introduced in the film. I can't remember her name. It was Mantis, right? Uh, Mantis, the, Man- uh, the empath, right? The empath, yeah. You know, it's really nice to have a shout out to China who actually can act a little bit and, you know, play a part in the plot. Yeah. You know, yep. instead of just being like some like a piece being of a furniture prop. in the back. Yeah. yeah, there you go, being a prop. Yeah. But, you know, shout out to Mantis for being even more Asperger's than Drax, hence creating a uh, interesting love situation. Yeah, but also because she's an empath, so she's able to feel other people's feelings. Even and when also change out people's feelings too. Yeah, well that's, that's a plot device later on, but it led to a very powerful scene where she and Drax are hanging out and just looking out over something and he's reminiscing about his dead uh, child. Mm-hmm. So she touches him and she starts bursting the tears because she's overcome with sadness. And because we don't really see Drax emote that often, well we see him laugh, because he's happy to laugh, but he represses all his other feelings deep down inside. So it's basically her showing what he can't fully express, which is a very beautiful scene. And I'm happy that it didn't dwell on it too long. One of many beautiful scenes yeah. I might add here. But I mean, like, yeah, I totally An- agree. Another with you. beautiful scene is a bit earlier. It's already been in the trailer. So this is, for once, not a spoiler, where uh, she touches uh, Starlord's hand. Oh yeah, and that says, came out in one of the teaser trailers. Yeah, right? it's like, a lot of the you trailers. Feel yeah. Love, no, sexual love, and then <laughs> Drax just loses his shit, and that was the part that just made me want to see the movie when I saw it in the trailer. They played it again, and it was even funnier somehow yeah, because, because yeah, do me, yeah. do me, and she, and she just laughs at this point at Star Lord. Oh <laughs> so it's just two Asperger's characters pointing and laughing at Star Lord. It's just gorgeously wonderful. Bit yeah. of comic relief, and the best thing is like being an act- being an actor named Pratt. I'm pretty sure you're used to people laughing at you constantly. Yeah. <laughs> well, he brings upon himself many times, but no, I think that's one yeah. thing I like. I like the the fallible hero. Yeah, in the sense that Starlock, compared to all the other people who like, no, besides being like some tragic hero who was like you know uh, brought upon like had destiny brought upon him with great responsibility, blah blah blah. Like even as much as this is kind of steering towards that Marvel template we keep complaining about, yeah. about the loss of the father figure, especially with the loss of Yondu, I love how the fact that they didn't use that as a catalyst for his motivation. Yeah. But it gave him a reason to like you know to push on like the next sequel with like you know he he's definitely gonna be way more of a compelling character after. Absolutely. This might be slightly more responsible, but again, he's an affable hero, but at the same time, he's also capable of kicking ass in a sense. I wouldn't even oh, say yeah. slightly yeah. more responsible. Like if you remember one of the end credit scenes when like there's teenage Groot now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he's trying to be a dad. Now, now he's so trying now. to be a dad. You know, so that things come full circle. So essentially, it's like yeah, this whole movie is nothing but daddy issues. You know, <laughs> it's like Gamora and like uh, uh, Nebula. Nebula. Oh, you know? I actually yeah. like that bit. You know, like I mean, it's not done in so much word I mean what few words they use between the exchange between Gamora and Nebula especially when the latter was actually hunting her down on the ship when she came down to the planet Ego mm-hmm. I just like that bit where she just says a few words I mean I don't, I don't want to paraphrase it here but yeah just saying that I want I just want to be a good sister or whatnot. I just, that just I felt knew- good that just felt that was that was basically yeah, Gamora. It, it didn't feel crowbarred yeah. in. It felt very natural. Yeah, it did. I'm it, actually surprised. I mean, I mean, I think we need to give credit to James Gunn for being able to pace this thing so brilliantly. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. and also I'm so happy that Karen Gillian got the call back to come back and do more because I feel like she's one of those people that hasn't really been given a chance in Hollywood just yet. She's only ever been given bit parts. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she's she was pretty big for a while in the UK. When I mean, she she's was, a solid actress, yeah. and the thing is, right? You know, I love the fact there's no ego, pun intended. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, like literally, she go there 
covered in makeup and special effects and she just acted her ass and off some metal bits you know on her yeah, arms okay, definitely stuff. she probably had a green arm for the entire shoot yeah. and she but shaved her head again yeah that's dedication crap. I mean there you go no professional actress you know she's also one her. of the funnier lines I've heard you know like uh, what's that Yongdu's henchman was like what are you gonna do with that money you're gonna get and then she just went on a spiel about killing Gamora and then Going oh, off young, and killing young, yeah. Thanos, yes. and then he's just Who like. Who is yet to make an appearance, yes. huh? And how long have we been doing this? You know, this circle jerk has been going on for, since like two thousand. I'd rather they just save it for the actual. Avengers I know, movie. but it's been going on for so long. We're gonna see him in the Deadpool movie before we see him in the actual. Oh thing. yeah, that has announced right. He's gonna play Cable also, right? Yeah, I'm waiting oh, to see yes. what jokes they're gonna make about that. That'll Probably, you know. <laughs> I mean, like, shouldn't you be more powerful? I, I can totally imagine. It's but like, I, he's just wearing one glove, like. Are you? No, no. <laughs> Just missing yeah. one. Okay, but speaking of like, you know, crossing the streams, right? That David Hasselhoff <laughs> cameo, cameo. Yeah. like came out of nowhere, huh? Yes, it did. <laughs> like, I mean, I love the fact that, you know, like, okay, you know, being an 80s kid myself, you know, like understanding the Knight Rider reference and like seeing Starlord gush about, oh, I wish my, I told all the kids at school that my dad was David Hasselhoff. Yeah. And they actually got the actor to come down. <laughs> Just for that short bit. You know, like... When you have that much money, just, When, when you, you know, have yeah. Disney money, and then, like, you know... Man, like, I'm looking at that, like, yo, young and mom, give me the Knight Rider reboot, man. Come on. <laughs> also, speaking of cameos, who fucking expected Sylvester Stallone to appear I think in a fucking Marvel movie? The, the Ravager's leader, right? Yeah. Uh, that was kind of spoiled to me, because no. I did a little bit of research on the IMDb, and I oh. saw that his name was attached. So, like, I mean, I didn't really recognize the character name, but uh, I think... You know, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, he seems to be the perfect guy to go toe to toe with Kurt Russell. Like, goddamn it, it's Tango and Cash in the same scene again. <laughs> yes. Like, I haven't. Like, wow, look at that. I haven't seen these two on the in in like in the same in the shot 80s. in a Jesus. No, no. Shoutouts to that movie. Look for Tango and Cash. You know, a very br- it's a pre Shane Black movie before Shane Black. You know, wow. like, it's a smart uh, comedy. Oh, okay. No, but I digress. This, this was before Lethal Weapon 2 as well, right? Probably so. around the same time, I think, you know, but like, yo, like, yeah, they re- I want to see a Tango and Cash reboot Let's all of a sudden. Let's move out from the 80s, back to the present. We can't move out of the 80s. This is Guardians of the Galaxy. This yo, so, everything. Even the, even the end credit looks like a it's back of a final CD cover. I think that's probably one of the <laughs> reasons why I'm gushing so much about this movie, because it caters to that aesthetic of my yeah. childhood, yeah. especially with all these references. I mean, like, It doesn't on. feel alienating for people who didn't, for example, and me. And it feel too, yeah. I mean, like, for you, the millennial of the group, how yeah. did you feel when you saw a Zoom pop up? <laughs> I got the joke, and it made me realize I think they're just gonna upgrade Peter Quill's music thing. So I think next Guardians, he's gonna get the original iPod, mm. and then he might eventually catch up to, you know, uh, uh, the iPhone 9 or whatever by the time You know it comes what? Out. What we should do. Maybe not so soon. Maybe after, the, after Thanos wipes out the world. I would, rather, <laughs> I would rather this. Instead of the original iPod, let's give a shout out to the original MP3 player coming from Singapore, the creative, creative jukebox. Yes. Oh my the god. Zen, How right? awesome. The I think it was the jukebox first, then the Zen. The jukebox. I had one of those. I had a Zen. It was, yeah. It was, and we're like. The Zen was good. I liked the Zen yeah. back in the day. Yeah. But okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's have a. Let's close this out with a final discussion about how this fits within the MCU yeah. and also importantly how does this stack against the first Guardians of the Galaxy how or about even you? the rest of the Marvel films I mean like what do you think Toffee? well I I say this is definitely more fam- the thing is what I didn't like about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was it did feel a bit too familiar in some sense but it's a good kind of familiar the kind where it's like comfort food or a comfort couch when you want to sit down but between part 1 and part 2 didn't I kind of like, like part two a lot more because again, it just went on to full swing with the full group, going in, doing the crazy adventures, a revelation pops up, and then they're back to full swing again. But was the complaint basically that it didn't feel like a same, bigger sequel? It's more like a same verse, no, it's like second verse, sort of kind of same as the first, but not really, per se. Okay. Maybe it's because I'm just used to watching a lot of the Marvel films going through the same beats, Yeah. but at the same time, I cannot say no to a scene involving a bunch of like millennial like golden characters playing arcade stuff and having a giant Pac-Man show up oh, at the end. Shout out to that <laughs> fucking reference. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Nemco Bandai. You can't yeah. say no to that, man. You know, you know. Also, what? fuck you, Pixels. <laughs> Being the, the worst. Fuck that movie. Being fuck it to hell. The worst big Pac-Man. <laughs> oh well, I would say like you know, 
maybe yeah I, I kind of agree it didn't feel like a bigger sequel yeah but it felt like a good continuation to an already like yes yes you know like a franchise that everybody slept on for the longest time like literally before the first Guardians movie nobody knew who the fuck these guys were yeah nobody literally who the watchers I mean, were like, let me think of it this way it's like you know Iron Man was a C tier character and they turned him into a million bucks yeah exactly and then like here we have Guardians of the Galaxy and then like this is the the reason that Marvel is taking a chance with other uh, you know, off-brand stuff like uh, The Inhumans is definitely going to get a movie coming yeah. out so I hope that turns out well and I maybe even Captain Marvel I mean people like Ms. Marvel Captain Marvel but at the same time the rest of the world may not who knows no, but in, in essence I love the fact that this is a great uh, tennis match between uh, Marvel and DC because it's literally like after it seeing it one-sided to be honest as one-sided <laughs> as it is and like okay shout out to the eventual Wonder Woman movie that we will we're, we're gonna have to watch begrudgingly that. have to win yeah but, uh, I think I'm the only one among the three who's holding out a light of hope that this may not suck oh I'm I'm hoping it will but at the same time I'm gonna go in drunk and just have the time of my life regardless whether it's good or bad no but at the same time like you know how everybody's complaining about how there's a lack of uh, strong female characters in the Marvel movies yeah and here we have Gamora and Nebula two very compelling characters who could just with, cut your necks you know you who are badass will kick your ass you know and also at the same time I was like you know what? I'm. I don't really need to see like. Uh, like what's the Scarlett Johansson character? Uh, Black oh, Widow. Widow. Yeah, Widow. I don't really need to see a Black Widow movie. Nah. Uh, nah. You know, I mean, like she fucked up Ghost in the Shell, so I don't trust her to run a solo movie anymore. But at the same time, I would say, as part of the MCU, you know what? I'm looking forward more to Guardians of the Galaxy because it's less to do about Tony Stark's big ego or Nick Fury's need to protect the planet. There's more room yeah, there's more for... At stake. There's Dude, more this, at stake. Is, this is more room to be creative as well because there's only so much you can do with an Iron Man story. Like, even Thor, you are a little bit limited. With Guardians, you could do whatever you want because, you know, also, no one's read the comics. So, <laughs> you could do anything you, do, you want you can do a lot of things you could just directly create from like some back notes to have from Star Wars and no one will know <laughs> oh mean, my like, god uh, since you're talking about weird stuff that end credits when they showed off Cosmo the talking Cosmo the talking dog at the end the mm. one in the dog with the I mean you may not know he, he it was but in the, he was in the first Guardians as well well yeah yeah, yeah but in, in, in the comics they play a big role he's actually the team leader <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, in All right. so Maybe he might pop up in the third film. Who knows? I don't I mean, know. he doesn't need to. I mean, I'm very happy with the fact that James Gunn delivered. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean, he actually put in a little reference. Sh- yeah, you know, I mean, you know like, what? We should do a road movie with Howard the Duck and uh, <laughs> Space Dog. Like seeing Cosmo, them. Cosmo. Cosmo. Like, yeah, you know. Russian talking dog. I would love to see them explore the very outer limits of the infinite universe that is, you know, this uh, franchise. But then again, okay, maybe okay. Before I pass the conch on to Tom over here yep. Yep. aka uh, Space Tom Space Tom Tom, Tom Star Star Tom Star Tom Star Tom, Star Tom. but uh, I would say like you know what yes this is the perfect way to kick off the summer blockbuster season you know like if Wonder Woman does shit or like you know any other movies I think the other movie coming the other space opera is like Alien Covenant which Alien I'm kind of hedging my bets off because after seeing the trailer I'm like starting to feel like yeah maybe really Scott needs to leave this franchise alone yeah it, I was not excited at all also uh, Valerian's I, I'm coming out hoping Valerian oh, might, yeah, he might, the Lucas joint it looks I think it might be okay it might be okay it might be okay but it might not be in the same echelon as like Aliens 1 or 2 yeah. I, I, I strongly feel that way Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is nice to see uh, sweet little trauma boy yes. James Gunn you know come into his own and really handle these like multi-million dollar franchises yeah I'm very happy for him I mean he's the guy to watch for me and I'm looking forward to volume 3 I'm not really looking forward to anything else in the MCU and sure. I'm pretty sure they're gonna tie it all up in, uh, in the Infinity Wars and all that jazz but like, I think we might see the start of it in 4 Three. Dude, I'm gonna call it like this is gonna be my favorite space opera after Star Wars now. Okay. You know, like last, oh, already last, last yeah. Jedi is on his way. You know, but the thing that is, that might be good. But yeah, for now, be good. Guardians Volume Two. It's good sated, shit. It's good sated shit. me for my space opera needs. So, like, well, what about you, Tom? Any closing thoughts? My yeah. closing thoughts are: I had a lot of fun. It was one of the funniest Marvel movies they've made. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And fun. One of the most fun. It's yeah. just. It was a lot of fun. I still think that the original Guardians is a better movie. Uh, it felt 
tighter in a way. This one feels like some at some points it did drag on a little bit. I would say because the first Guardians created all this baggage that they needed to kind of like, you know, to solve, sh basically. Like shovel for this movie. To get yeah. all the heroes together. Yeah. And like, you know, compared to like what Joss uh, Whedon did for Avengers 2, which felt really bogged down with all these setup and other characters, this one felt really nice and loose and like, you know, it, was it did not feel forced. Exactly. I think yeah. That's why it, it did not feel forced. It didn't feel forced. It's still the weaker of the two movies. Still really good. Still, still definitely in the top half of all the Marvel films. Would you say like an A plus and this one is like an A? I would say A minus. This is an A minus. A minus for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll give it an 8 out of 10. I mean, at first I was thinking a bit more of giving it a 7 and I realized I just want to have fun with something that's set in space yeah. and has all the nods from the comics. So, Absolutely. There you go. Again, and it's got heart too as well, which is. Something that's missing in most films nowadays. Yeah, and you know, I was never bored. And as I said when we reviewed uh, Ghost in a Shitstorm, yes. that oh, yeah. the worst sin a movie can make is to make me feel bored. And that's that didn't happen. But I did at some point think, okay, can we move on a bit, please? Especially when they start playing catch with that manufactured ball. Oh, <laughs> it was it was cute. The feels. It was, I, I didn't it was, mind that. I it was cute, that. but I was just like. Went on for too long. Yeah, it's just like okay. We get it. But as soon as they made a ball, I knew, okay, you're gonna make the, yeah, you're gonna say, oh, we're finally playing catch. Move on. Shout out to that Kevin Costner movie, Feel the Dream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and also, one thing uh, that I just thought about um, Kurt Russell, Ego, made it very hard on himself because he had Peter Star Lord in his hand for the big finale. Yep. And then he says, what a pity I had to kill your mother. It's like, dude. <laughs> Did you have to say that right now? <laughs> Could you wait till once they were done? Yeah, but for the purpose of plot and pacing, I, I know, totally understood. I, yeah, I, yeah. I understand, but at the same I time... I mean, he's, a, he's, he's basically a celestial god, so yeah, human feelings, not so much. Also, I mean, he's not, got not ego, priority. so I yeah. guess, you know, maybe <laughs> he doesn't fully understand outside of his own sphere. It's yeah, like, you exactly. know, it's like a Batman villain. The guy's called the Joker. You shouldn't, like, really take him seriously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't, don't expect much sympathy from a guy named that. Named yeah. Ego? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so what's your final score? My final score, dude, for the soundtrack, 10 upon 10. Absolutely. Okay. For the visuals and the special effects and all that glorious color, 10 upon 10. Yep. Story, yeah, I kind of agree. It's a 7 to an 8 for me. Mm -hmm. Character and performances, all of them, ooh, I would say... I love everyone in this I film, I loved everyone, honestly. maybe 8 upon 10. I felt like maybe, like, you know, those gold guys, like, yeah, they felt like they had way too much screen time for some reason. <laughs> yeah, because... That's, they're the only complaint I had, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I mean, like, it's always kind of like, you need to establish your big bad, and then you need to establish your mid-level king, your, your, your mid-level boss. So, like, yeah, okay, uh, kind Ross, of interesting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, you know, at least there were no Justin Hammer. No, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. The less said, the better. I mm -hmm. mean, Justin Hammer could have used more better writing honestly they wasted Sam Rockwell yeah. somehow yes. how do you waste a man of that kind of talent mm. I don't know and if you're a fan of comics yeah you see Justin Hammer was a really kick-ass villain in Iron Man so that really sucks I yeah. would say this uh, like, I don't think that this is going to convince any new people to buy Guardians of the Galaxy comics probably which is not sad, you know I mean like, you should really look for the, the classic stuff but the, the, 2000, the 2000 uh, reboot done by Dan Abnett and they were credited him and the other writer it's not bad yo but then like, the thing is right like Star-Lord number one I mean like Guardians number one like there's been three number ones in the last two three years yeah, like, they yeah. keep rebooting that like, uh, no but that one was the most memorable one from uh, Dan, Dan Abnett I mean I will say this my closing statement for Guardians of the Galaxy volume 2 is that okay finally something uh, that kind of like you know didn't, feel, didn't give me any of that Marvel burnout yeah, you know, I really enjoyed myself watching this flick, mm. and at the same time, you know, like, yeah, I want to see more of this. You know, I mean, like this has got to be this is my new favorite space opera. I kind of hope yeah. Thor Ragnarok does that with the colors and everything, have, and his director as well. I have I have faith in the director, and also Chris Hemsworth is perfectly cast as Thor. Yes, like, of course you're gonna choose some muscly Aussie guy to play a Norse god. <laughs> perfect, perfect. But yeah, I don't think there's really anything else we have to talk about. I don't yeah. know. How about, I, mean, what, I, what, I feel like watching it again, verdict? though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get my final verdict. Yeah, yeah, same here. No yeah. number rating? Oh, uh, 7.5. So I would say uh, aggregation... 8 out of 10 for me, you know. So. so it's a nice, strong B plus to an A. Yeah, well, if you put it on the Marvel bell curve, I would say it's... Yeah. It's definitely, an, definitely, yeah, it's definitely an A movie compared to all the other Bs that have been coming out recently. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, that is our thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy. So tell us what you think about Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, sorry if we spoiled any of this for you, but we tried to keep our best 
uh, we, we try to avoid all the major story holes and yep, all that. Yep. But at the same time, uh, tell us what you think. You know, uh, find us on our Facebook, find us on our Twitter, find us on Instagram, even at Last King Podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, on uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, and possibly Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, I think, gonna it, be a yeah. thing. And of course, you can find all this lovely information and more stuff on uh, our website, www.thelastking.net. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break, or are we gonna like close I, it off for? I think we gotta close it off for now. We're gonna close it off for now. now. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, that's it. This, okay. This has been. Uh, I am Shafiq. Um, I am Rocket Toffee. <laughs> I am Eccentric Tom. And uh, goodbye from uh, the Last King. From uh, outer space. Goodbye. Whee! From the car park outside the cinema, more like. <laughs> back indeed we're not leaving just yet yeah we're not gonna leave you with half an episode we're gonna yeah, give you the yeah. full hour special as usual you we know? are true professionals here at least i wish we were uh, we're, we're tired but we're here to entertain uh-huh. definitely dude we're a rinky dink podcast come on <laughs> let's be really realistic about this okay so like after all that lovely gushing about guardians of the galaxy we decided to come up with like you know i mean uh let's just set this up properly guardians of the galaxy nobody cared about it until the movie came out. Until the movie came out, you got the perfect actor to play uh, Star-Lord. You got like, you know, probably also the perfect supporting cast. Absolutely. You know, and the perfect director too. So like, we want to have this really nice special segment where we will choose one franchise that has not been made into a movie properly or, you know, officially. Uh, We'll come up with our own uh, lead actor, our own maybe uh, lead antagonist or villain. Uh, maybe a bit of a plot if we can think of anything smart, uh, which I doubt so. Mm-hmm. We'll but see. At the same time, uh, like, like yeah, like so, like uh, let's go around the table. We'll start with uh, eccentric Tom here. So, uh, what franchise, you know, that you're a fan of, that you feel nobody gives enough credit, that you would love turned into a triple A big bluster Hollywood action blockbuster blockbuster. Well, Hollywood. I'll try not to bluster through this one. Yeah, like, you know, we give you a hundred million dollars, make something out of this. Oh, I'm going to need a bit more money. Now, Whoa. this <laughs> is cheating a little bit because this series is getting the praise it deserves, but I think it still needs a bit more wider appeal. And this might earn me a few enemies. I think that Hollywood could make a really kick-ass Attack on Titan movie. Wow. But they've already done it. No, that was a that Tokyo was a, production. And that was a shitty movie. It was awful because they, they did two attempts too, right? They did it wrong. I mean, they did the cardinal sin when you're trying to make a long series into a TV, into one movie, where you try to condense yeah. several hours of story into one thing and changing characters because they wanted to. Like, for example, Mikasa became this flirty, uh, wallflower bullshit character in the films when she is the strongest character in a TV show and in the manga I suspect. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it. So, why I say this could work in Hollywood is number one, unlike Ghost in the Shell, you can cast white actors in there without, well, you're always gonna be called out for whitewashing, but because it makes sense within the setting, you can get away with it. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's set it's in not, Germany. It's not Japanese guys, they're all given German names, right? Yeah. Eric Jaeger, I um, mean, uh, Levi, Armin, yeah. Zachariah. Let's just say pseudo-European, like, you know, it's an alternate timeline where Titans exist. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. And if you want to make the cast more diverse, that's easy enough because it's meant to be the last of humanity. So you could add North Africans, actual Africans. Well, the gods have spoken, you okay? You need to really <laughs> bring this pitch in. Yes. Really bring this pitch in. Oh, I uh, think those that's Taku Thunder and Taku yeah. Lightning. So, I think this could work because whilst the anime does a perfect job of telling the story of Eren and his young cohort and you know growing up in a militarized society with the loss of innocence, the loss of youth, where you are giving it all even though no one seems to care, everyone would rather cower when you are the only ones brave enough but you're dying because of it. It's perfect. 
you don't need to tell that story. You can tell a different story. And my pitch is it's set kind of during the first season where... Okay, so not much of an origin story? Or no, you know? not an origin story yeah. because we don't need to explain where the Titans come from. That's not important. What's important is I want to tell a different story, kind of a la Rogue One. Okay. Where we start with... Let's just assume that the audience already knows what's going on and we can just cut straight to the actual yeah. plot. Mm-hmm. Guys, if you listen to this podcast, you must at least kind of understand what's going on with Attack on Titan. So, big, scary, uh, humanoid things are going around eating humans. Last humans live in this big wall settlement with three walls. And in the very first episode of the first season, the first wall breaks. And that's what kickstarts the entire thing. I can hear the wall breaking right now. <laughs> Indeed. So, we'll start just before the fall of World Mario, mm-hmm. where you can't have that in the anime, where you have a quick skirmish, and then you have them coming back, and then you kind of see the Fall of War Mario, but not like you saw from Eren's side, but like from a distance, where it's, you know, the main character who is going to be played in my setting by Richard Madden. Richard okay. Madden? Richard Madden is... From Rob game? Stark. Oh, You want him to be Eren? Okay. No, he's not going to be Eren. He's, he? he's a different character. A okay. completely made-up character just for this. Oh, okay. okay. And so we're not going to f- have the, the trappings of being too close to the source material. Absolutely not. Right. It's just going to use the setting and this is where it's going to work. I have a funny like, feeling this guy's going to die very easily. <laughs> oh, and then we're going to have the a failed attempt to retake all Mario. Okay. Imagine it. We're going to have a huge army. I'm talking quarter of a million people charging out and being fucking curb stomped by titans. 200 people return. But how many of them are going to be the actual uh, jetpack ranger thingy? Well, I mean, obviously, there's going to be quite a few, and that's going to be a massive set piece. You know, going to have hundreds, possibly thousands of people using the OEM gear just swirling around. It's going to be like even crazier than, you know, the big Star Wars uh, space battle scenes. Okay. That's All right. I see it. I see that. I'm imagining it right now. Yeah. This side. Oh, here. There's another wall going down. Yeah. And <laughs> imagine one of those really great trick shots. Like imagine something that Alfonso Cuarón would do. One of those one-shot takes where it's just swirling around. You see the guy. You want Alfonso Cuarón? No. I don't want Alfonso Cuarón doing oh, it. Okay. There you go. All right. No, I want Gareth Edwards to do this. Gareth Edwards? He's good at monster movies. I can. Because tell that. that man knows how to do a sense of scale. Mm-hmm. Imagine. I agree. I agree. Even a three meter titan would be terrifying. Imagine him doing a 50 meter. Imagine him doing the Colossus or the Armored. The Armored Titan. The yeah. Armored Titan. Uh, I mean, I would expect you to probably pick something a bit more obvious like Guillermo del Toro. I mean, he did an amazing job with Pacific Rim. He did, but he's kind of box office poison. That's my problem. I still have uh, my executive cap on. All right, like, all right. Gareth Edwards makes money. He yeah. made money with Godzilla, he made money with Rogue One. He's true, I agree. I mean, especially with Rogue One, you yeah. know, I mean, the mm. guy is probably have a, he has a future, definitely. And yeah, would... and this is how I think it would work. We could do something kind of like Rogue One, but it has to be rated R. It has to be rated R. So full-on violence, maybe a little bit of nudity. Blood, a lot of bloodshed, it has, for sure. It has to be... I'm e- imagining a 90-foot-tall naked female titan already. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> well, they proved they don't have genitalia, so it's going to be boring. No, but still, you know, yeah. jiggle physics. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, imagine it's going to be even more intense than the actual anime because you'll see people being torn apart, eaten, fucking stomped. It would be gruesome, it would be horrifying, it would be painful to watch. But and that's the whole point of Attack yeah. on Titan. So that's what you want to capture from the original manga yeah. and the TV show is basically then, the horror of... Okay, yeah, the and then maybe even we'll end it where the main character does survive. Mm. And he comes back and he realizes... Well, you need your sequel setup, sir. And no, no, not sequel setup. He comes back and realizes it was just population control. Because <gasps> remember, that's the big point of uh, the first season. There you go. It was, there were too many mouths to feed. We had to kill a lot. And we did that by... In the most extravagant and convoluted way possible. Oh, by creating giant people Japanese, to eat other people. It's a Japanese manga. It's anime. It doesn't have to explain itself So sometimes. you brought up a point that I really need to kind of nitpick a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so... What I feel is this is going to be kind of a, a bit of a serious movie, yeah. a bit grounded in reality. I would hate to say gritty, yeah. but at the same time, so where's the bad shit, crazy Japanese moments, man? Well, I think it's going to be in the way the characters interact. It has to be the gallows humor. It has to be the little elements of the small comforts. Mm. Like, you know, the bits which make the anime wonderful, which is where you have the bits where, you know, they just say something completely stupid. 
Oh, they or those just... slice of life moments they have in the yeah. barnyard or in a shed before we, the fight happens. We can even do flashbacks to characters used because that adds really well to the, to the anime, so why not add it here? I will also agree with it. If you want to do it that way, Gareth Edwards would be the perfect choice. Because if you all saw his indie uh, debut monster, yeah, you know, yeah. about two people who just happen to live in a world that were like, you know, crazy gigantic creatures are like, you know, tearing up the, the face of the planet, right? Yeah. And just seeing how they like perfectly portray people who are living in that kind of environment and kind of like you know dealing with it in their own personal way so I mean like I can imagine a lot of character pieces for this uh, pitch of yours sir mm-hmm. yeah I mean so you it would have to sell on the cast I mean I already said Richard Madden as the main but there are plenty of other young talented actors out there like give Taron Egerton a call mm. give actually Maybe the cast of Power Rangers, one or two of them, I feel like they have a future. Okay. Yeah, they proved that they can kind of carry a bit of a dark story. I would cast Billy because, yeah, I think I need a black person. Yeah. <laughs> diversity, diversity. Diversity, yeah. you know. But yeah. also, deep down, it's an excuse to see a well done Titan. Mocapped, of course, by Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. No, come on. We can do better than that. Who else would be mocapped? I Honestly, know. I don't know. He's, just, he's, the, he's the top tier mocap guy at the moment. I don't know, man. I can, now, I can, now I understand why your budget is kind of soaring a little bit. I think he starts at... Uh, he, he charges a million dollars per little, like, you know, mocap module on his body. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then, I don't know. We'll just get him to the... Does he even have a protege or something? I don't yeah. know. No, the guy who did uh, uh, Planet of the Apes, the other monkey. Tony Kimball. Is that his name? Uh, he was also in Kong. He was. Um, he was Kong himself, right? No. No. Yes, he was. He was also one of the soldiers. He was also. He was not yeah. bad. Yeah. 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 So okay, him because I guess he's cheaper because he's British. But well, so is Andy Serkis. Whatever. He's cheaper. Either way, it's gonna be gory, messy, balls to the wall, insane. Because still, it's a story about titans. Okay. Eating people, so it's still gonna have that crazy element, but that it's gonna suspension of disbelief necessary. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. And the sense of skill. So mentioned. one thing I want to yeah. ask, you know, what's your set piece? What's the what's the money shot? Okay, are, are we gonna have all these people going up against a titan, a la like you know Star Wars where you have all these uh, X wings going against the Death Star, or are we gonna have the full on titan versus titan fight? No, I maybe we'll have a hint of that maybe to set up the sequel ah. like maybe at the glint in someone's eye or the way they smile in a creepy titan way at the end mm. but I think the big money shot will be you know in the opening sequence of the first season yes, where, yes. You, where you have them all jumping up in the town and then they kind of come out and obviously it's stylized they imagine like they all come up like this and then just kind of like Chardon uh, Rohirrim but from the sky down yeah, and then they freeze frame that shot do a slow motion version of it yeah and then you have one bit which is like I said that tracking shot yep. a solid five minutes one person swinging around between all the titans dodging hands slice the nape attack uh, drop uh, the blades attach new ones swing on the cut I and mean, then in the meantime you see other people being splattered you get other people you know dying maybe you see Levi in the distance because mm. you have to maybe do a reference somebody yeah, yeah. yeah you'll just see Levi being fucking awesome in the background and say oh I wish I knew more about him yeah. I would, the anime folks I would also say you know like if you had Garrett I mean like if you all recall the Godzilla movie just that yeah. scene of the guy skydiving past the monster yeah yeah. Like, yeah I can imagine that you know with the sense of scale with the right color with the, I mean the right color palette the yeah. right kind of treatment. Like that's what the smoke is for with all the destroyed buildings from Attack yeah. on Titan. Mm. But that's the thing. Part of the reason which makes Attack on Titan work is because it's really beautiful and clear skies most of the time people are dying. It's not rainy or grey or overcast. It's beautiful blue skies, green fields while people are being torn apart and eaten alive. Yeah, it's a nice juxtaposition, yeah. I would say. So that needs to happen as well. So someone needs to you know, pin uh, Gareth Edwards to the wall and say, don't desaturate this. Do not desaturate this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure an executive somewhere will be like, no, no, you need to really desaturate this. Superman's not blue anymore, if you recall. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's my pitch. Do I have your money, ladies? Ladies? Gentlemen. Le- gentlemen. Uh, gentlemen. I yeah. would probably say... I won't give you 200 million. I'll give you 100 million. I want you to turn this into a Netflix series, about five episodes. Maybe we can flesh it out. Maybe we can, like, you know... Because the thing is that if you're gonna get this guy, uh, what's his name, the actor to play Richard Madden, Richard Madden to be the lead, he hasn't held a movie on his own yet. So he was okay in Bastille, right? I'll, I'll, yeah. What else is he starring in? Sorry. 
He was, in that, he was in that Cinderella movie, have you ever? Yeah, but he was Prince Charming. Like, you know, that's not exactly fair. I mean, like, seeing yeah. him as Prince Charming, I'm like imagining, like, you know, I want to cut his head off again. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know. What do you think, Mr. Toffee? What do you think of, Mr. of Tom's pitch for if Attack on Titan, the I white w- version? I would actually give him slightly more so I can see Gareth Edwards' vision come true. Okay. So, 150 million? So, you're going to bank on the director, not so much on the pitch of the story? The director can make it work. Definitely, it'll so? it'll it, it, make or break it. It'll be an amazing. It'll be an interesting challenge. It'll be say. a good challenge. Besides, Gaffet was knows how to save money because often he just doesn't show the fucking monster. <laughs> so we'll just save the Titans till the very end. That's the way you save money. Yeah. I mean, I would. But I think he's he's got enough clout to actually get the producers to be like, yeah, show Especially the monster. Especially after more, Rogue you know? One, yeah, definitely yeah. after Rogue One. They'll throw money in his face. Yeah, okay. this toilet too. Yeah. Okay, right. so. That's my pitch. I feel like I was partly successful, so I shall pass the conch on to Shafiq. Okay, speaking of Gareth, I want to do Gareth uh, of, of the Raid Evans. Oh, oh right. See, okay. this guy hasn't done anything interesting since the Raid 2. He hasn't been doing... I mean, he's probably working on something right now. I'm not probably. really sure. But here's the thing. I, as an elder statesman, as a child of the 80s, I miss me a good ninja movie. Uh-huh. And the franchise I want to pick to turn into a big old Hollywood movie is, of course, the Shinobi franchise. Now, all of you youngins out there who are not aware, like, you know, back in the day on the 16-bit era during the Sega, like, the, the reign of the 16-bit, like, consoles, right? There was this one badass and his dog. Okay, in this, in this version, I want the dog. I want okay, Joe Musashi. You, 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 you want Shadow Dancer. I want Shadow Dancer. The thing is, right, if you all recall uh, stage 3 or 4 of Shadow Dancer when he's climbing up the Statue of Liberty to fight ninjas and then fight this crazy armored bitch with razor blades for weapons, I want to see that. I want, the thing is, like, right after something like Guardians of the Galaxy, I want something just fun. Yeah. You know, and like a triple A. It's not going to be gory, but at the same time, maybe it's not a hard art. Maybe, mm. maybe it's, it's a solid art. Because the last ninja movie that I can recall that attempted, like, you know, uh, full-on violence was that uh, Rain movie, Ninja Assassin, yeah. which didn't get much attention. And the thing is, it wasn't based off a franchise, yeah. I would say. Now, if you were to say something like Shinobi, now I know there's a Japanese movie called Shinobi, which is a little bit more esoteric. A little that bit was more, a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it? a little bit more indie, a little bit more art house. But I'm talking about some badass who has to save the world. He's one man, no guns, no special powers. Just the sword, acrobatics, and his ability to just disappear and reappear. And you know, run up walls and just do like maximum da- damage with a, with a, and also have ma- magical powers. This sounds I, very very action packed. Um, I want this. So you want Gareth Evans, right? Was I it? want Gareth Evans. And the thing is, right, he is the king of the corridor fight scene. Yeah. I want to give him a real challenge. You have an entire cityscape filled with bad guys. Go nuts, sir. Have fun, you know. And nothing but like the most awesome bone breaking, the most awesome like you know decapitations, dismemberments. Right. Like, so who do you want to play as Joe Musashi, the main badass ninja? Iko Uais. Of course! <laughs> oh, okay. Of course. Because of course. the thing is, right, nobody's gonna ever believe any Japanese actor to play the lead role. I mean, Rain did his best. Yes, his six-pack kind of sold the poster, but he didn't sell the movie. Ah. Iko Uais, if you all recall, Shinobi doesn't say much. <laughs> Literally. He so you don't need to teach him any language skills whatsoever. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, just give him motivation. Like, yeah. in the original Shinobi stories, it's either him rescuing his uh, girlfriend, yeah. or, or just, you not know, like, kicking the ass of New Zed, or, like, kicking the ass of, like, you know, whatever bad just guy is. Just being good. For and the sake of being here's good. the thing. Think of the cameos. I will have fucking Ben Affleck as Batman, reprising his role as Batman from Shinobi 1. I'll uh, have... Uh, which Spider-Man do you want for this one? I would definitely want Andrew Garfield. That okay. guy needs to be... I'm sorry. Context, <laughs> context, Spider-Man was actually a boss in uh, Revenge of Shinobi. Ex- excuse me. And Godzilla also can appear too. Yes, Godzilla. <laughs> what the fuck is going on right now? Exactly. Yeah. This is pure insanity on the screen. This was a 90s game thing. Th- apparently is, you could do that. This is the moment where... Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator in the junkyard again throwing cars at this guy or, or Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk or Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk could. yeah I know I mean like the sky's the limit I, I, I no it's a bigger drive thing you would no. understand no <laughs> and every, no and everybody thought that I was the serious one on the show yeah. nope I'm actually, I'm actually no. quite insane myself why no. why no listen to what I'm pitching to you this it's an action movie that's breaking a lot of copyright imagine rules, like having fun doing it. This this is where the studio executive pitching to is trying to jump out the window. I'm pretty sure lo- their lawyers' heads will explode when I pitch this movie to them. <laughs> it's like, as soon as you said Batman, they started twitching. 
Yeah, and then and Batman. Then up Godzilla. Oh. No, and then guess what? I'm gonna combine a Marvel and a DC property. Batman and Spider-Man are gonna appear. You know, and definitely Jackie Chan also has to be in it because Jackie Chan appears in the Chinatown yes, stage. Yes, he was actually uh, a yeah. million. <laughs> what have go. I wrote upon <laughs> this world? And then, of course, and then, and then, oh my god! <laughs> and then, and then, and then, again. And but okay, at, at the same time, like you know what? I am craving a really solid martial arts flick. Okay, okay. I love the guns. I love the explosions. You know, John Wick. Eh, not right. I mean, it's cool what he did with the pencil, but I want a badass with a sword just fucking shit up. That's all the way wait, through. Will he fight a train in this one? Of course, he'll fight a okay. robot train. Of course, he'll fight Godzilla. Of course, he'll fight a Hanya Mas head banging dude at the end of the movie. <laughs> yes. You know, played perfectly by uh, <laughs> Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe is gonna be. Yeah, he doesn't have to say lines. He just has to laugh. You know, of he course, just has to giggle course, his way as his girlfriend is in trapped in some cage. You know, as the the ceiling is slowly like closing in on him. Her. Yeah, there you go. And Iko Wai is playing a Japanese person because yeah, sure, why not? You know, just kicking ass. You know, and then like Chojin and all the amazing uh, magical powers he has. I want him to throw fireballs, sir. Okay, this is my movie. Give me a hundred. Give me a billion dollars. Okay, that's what I think gonna, both of us. That's probably, negatives, we probably say no. Half of that is just gonna pay off the lawyers. You know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will. I will give you five seconds to leave before I call security, sir. Get out no, of my wait, office. wait, wait. I have a treatment. Here's my script right Security. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but no. I mean, here's the thing. Okay, uh, okay. Let's just rain it all back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. As much fun as that is. Uh, seriously. We need a ninja movie. We do need a we good sword movie. Yes. We haven't seen a good sword movie in a long time. What was the last good martial arts sword movie? I can't think of any. Seriously, I can was, only think of that was the probably that Kenshin. Maybe like? I mean I would say something like Seven uh, Samurai, but that was a long time ago. No, oh uh, my god, that was that, the last good. Yes. One? That's that Takashi Miike movie, Thirteen Assassins or something. Oh, Thirteen that was Assassins, great. That was, that was awesome, and that's that's ninety one. But but the, the thing is right, it's like there's a lot of solid samurai movies. But not ninja movies. But not ninja movies. I want people to be jumping off walls, crashing through planes, shurikens flying everywhere, guys with uh, swords just like, you know, parrying all sorts of things coming at them, parrying even machine gun fire, sir. Mm. You know, that's what I want. The gods have spoken. We have to make this movie. Yeah. Shinobi the movie. It's a sign. Give me a it's billion a dollars. I have the script, I have the actor. And who's gonna direct this madness? Gareth Evans, definitely. Yeah, he's. He, I mean. He's very good with you no know, very simple story, but very big action set pieces. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, <gasps> that's that's my film. Uh, yes, you know the heavens have spoken. You know this movie shall be made, uh, and of course I'll get all the executive producer money. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. okay, I okay. think I'm gonna go next, which is really hard considering both your pitches <laughs> are um, very fantastical compared to mine. Yeah. So mine is actually something that's really close to my heart. It's uh-huh. a really long ass comic series okay. from back then. Back it's then. called Why the Last Man. You want to make in that into a movie? What I is... would want to make that into a movie. Dude, yes. Pre- Preacher didn't do very well though, apparently. No, no, but I want this to work because... Okay, for those who don't know what Why the Last Man is, it's about a guy named Yorick who somehow survived a world-cleansing epidemic that happened from God knows what the hell happened. And it turns out that all the females in the world survived. All the men died. So it's just him and his pet monkey who also lives for some reason sounds traversing like a, the world finding out what the hell happened this sounds like a very sexy walking dead <laughs> well that's the thing people will think that way but no you've got amazons running around you've got bra burners like going out and carrying shotguns why are they got burning people... bras if there are no men around okay, to complain and got, about and we've got, and we've got women hunting down Yorick for god knows what reason the Israel, Who's the Israeli army and all that in this society like you'll be surprised you'll be know, surprised you know they actually answer these questions in the comic book do you know do you know why they're hunting him down for the snooze well snow. okay <laughs> <laughs> perhaps perhaps but there's actually more scientific than that I mean I shouldn't really say too much because it's a really really engrossing a book. Come on, they just no, want no, to no. clone the penis. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But, but the <laughs> thing is, okay, you've read the you read the comic a little bit, right? Chuffy? I read it halfway. I mean, I yeah. got I got bored where movie uh, like a, a comic show, that I mean a comic show, a comic book, which is about a planet full of women and very little nudity apparently. It's a lot of there's a lot of action. There's a lot of dialogue. A lot of like soul searching. Everything here and there. That's why I kind of want to bring this to rein it all in. Now, as the main character, I've actually watched The Void, and I saw this main actor called Aaron Poole. Uh, back in the void. I mean, he's got some potential to be like this half comedic, half serious kind of guy vibe thing going on. So I like to cast him as Yorick. Now, for uh, one of the characters, uh, an agent called Agent Three Five Five, 
her name's not revealed at all, a black woman who kicks ass. I'm gonna go with Michonne from uh, Walking Dead. Danny Guerrero. Yeah, I think that could work. She I mean, she has a presence. Should we hire Zoe Saldana because I'm pretty sure she's got nothing to do after Guardians. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> prefer Michonne from The Walking Dead. Really? She pulls off the look. She pulls off the dreadlocks, and she pulls off the badassness. But we might have her talking a bit more and emote a bit more because she actually shows the tender side when she takes care of Yorick. She's actually more of a potential love interest, even though Yorick is looking for his girlfriend missing God knows where in Australia when the epidemic happened. But that's the thing, like, will he actually find his girlfriend? That's the thing. So that's what I like about it. It sounds like there's a lot to condense into one film. That's why I'm thinking either two films or worst case scenario, a Netflix movie. Of course. Why not a trilogy? Everybody likes trilogies. Uh, two, I think a two-parter can wrap up Why the Last Man. But I don't want to actually just focus on all the shit that happened in the comics. Uh-huh. Especially in terms of one of the characters um, who's actually a scientist who actually knew what the hell was going on who's actually a lesbian in this universe. Okay. I don't want to focus too much on all of that. I'd rather just focus on like the thoughts about the post-apocalyptic vibe. Which is why I kind of want Danny Boyle to direct the film. What? What? He's done uh, 28 Days Later, did he not? You mean Danny Boyle? Danny Boyle, yes, yes, Danny Boyle, yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yes. <laughs> who's Danny Boyle? Yeah, yeah Danny Boyle. <laughs> I think those are the comic book guys like saying no to this idea. But anyway, Danny Boyle, he can actually do a really post-apocalyptic kind of vibe thing. But direct the direct the shots. He and already really well. returned to the well with train spotting. You wanted to return to the well with another post-apocalyptic. Yeah, but this will be zombies. This will be more. It's just women. So, it's, a, it's a society of women who are angered, confused, flustered, and happy. I can imagine. And also, are convicts as well too. Like most of them, just being Essex girls, you know, coming at you with their accent. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no, no. Trust me, it'll be worse than that. It'll be worse than that. I, Hello, because we have a man here. <laughs> I see a shag. Oh, 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 oh. Man, man, you guys are not really That's taking terrifying. this seriously. <laughs> of course, I'm not taking it seriously. This is a dumb. I won't say it's a dumb idea if you read the comic. That's the thing. This is going to be a movie that once you actually get the tone and right feel of it, like with the politics and the power play going on, especially. Do you think Danny Ball can handle that kind of heavy subject? I think method? he can. I think he can. Mm, I don't know, man. Uh, possibly, I don't. I mean, like, I, I would think the obvious choice would be George Miller because then, hey, we can have another, hey, this is a feminist movie. It's not really a fun movie. You well, know? in a way, in a sense, in a way, maybe I'm not that familiar with most directors in this day and age who can actually cut something. So that's why Danny Ball came to my mind. Okay. Because he gets that feel, you know? Really? You're talking about the guy who directed four Mad Max movies, sir. <laughs> he could work too, I guess. He could, he work. could work too. He's the perfect choice yeah, for a post-apocalyptic movie. Yeah. He invented but the genre. But it's not an insane post-apocalyptic film. More like dystopia. More like a... Heavy-handed, coloured dystopia-ish, in a sense, where oh, you can see a society where women actually thrive without men. Or you can see another society where it's a warmongering country filled with women. I and they've got like a whole senate with all women basically trying to get this entire fucked up world I can not fucked up, you know? I can think of a better director. The guy who did Children oh. of Men. That Afan could work too. That could Alfonso Cuaron? Alfonso Cuaron would probably do this. Or Joss Whedon? I think, I think Alfonso Cuaron would. Look, if you get Joss Whedon, you would have an amazing Sarah Michelle Gellar cameo. Like, I don't know where. She could be like one of the like... Uh, she could be Yorick's sister, hero. Probably, you know. Yeah. Or she could be the sympathetic, you know, like woman who like eventually betrays the man at the end. I'm not gonna say which uh, no, character no, no, that no. is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a pity we can't think of a female director. That's the sad, that's the crazy part. And all- Catherine Bigelow, all hello. Yeah. She can't direct shit. I, oh, don't, I don't know what her specialty is. How dare you, honest. sir. She gave us Point Break, Point Break, one of the best action movies ever. <laughs> okay. Or uh, Even Edgar Wright would te testify to that. Mm -hmm. Or uh, what's her name? Uh, Sophia Coppola. No, 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 no. No, you should get the, I forgot her I'm name. A, I'm actually having trouble thinking of the Asian actress who's going to play the doctor, Dr. Man. In this Just get any girl from China because this has to be bankrolled by China. I Come guess on. so. I like, I like to say Michelle Wu, but that's an easy choice. I so. would like, I'm trying to remember, ah, uh, I can't remember her name. The, the lady who directed the second Punisher movie, the War Journal movie. Have you seen that? I've seen the movie, but I don't know who directed it. I know it. who you're talking about, but I can't remember her name either. Oh god, she'd be perfect for action sequences, but I don't think there's much action going on in your movie, right? Uh, well, It'll be more well, of a well, thought Well, you got the Amazons killing people, so that's your action right there. Yeah. And you've got like sword fights from a ninja. But I think that's probably like second movie, maybe yeah. not the first movie. First movie is nothing but like setup. Plus, like the thing is, right, when you talk about... It's more movie. delving into the psyche of Yorick, because in this world, he's kind of more suicidal in a sense. 
because even though he's in this sort of situation, he's always putting his life in danger, protecting 355 and Dr. Man, so you can see some suicidal tendencies going on. Okay. And I mean, find a way to cure it as well. I mean, so. if anything, I love the fact that you chose probably a very niche comic that I... I think it deserves a lot of love. That's the best reason why it is. definitely I, deserves a lot of love, but I don't know. The I'm name not. recognition is just, that's what I'm worried about. At least with Attack on Titan, people at least are familiar with the name. Guardians of the Galaxy was not that familiar to a lot of yeah, people. But that that made, worked out. But that was made by Marvel. Like, yeah, did you see the opening uh, uh, scroll for Marvel in this in Guardians of the Galaxy? That went on for a full fucking minute. Yeah. They're yeah. so damn proud of themselves. It became insufferable. Mm. I mean, not that insufferable. I love the fact that this movie exists. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy too. Yeah, I'm okay. happy. And yeah. with with movies like this going on, maybe some art and end uh, comic property might end up doing well on the big screen anyway boys and girls okay that's our thoughts that's our pitches for potential franchises that we want to see turn into big triple-a multi-million dollar hollywood movies um as you can see right now the the, the elements are against us you can't see we can definitely hear right now you can yeah, definitely yeah. hear yeah you yeah. know this is our very first live episode ending with a literal bang okay literal bangs a few bangs all right okay yeah. bang for your buck anyway don't forget to follow your friends here at the last king podcast you know follow us on the twitters on the instagrams on the facebook at last king podcast definitely check out the website you know thelastking.net and of course subscribe to your friends here on itunes on soundcloud and also on the apple podcast which is coming up soon every like every subscription really helps pay yeah, for the lights so we don't have to be out here in a tent in the middle of the jungle not even <laughs> a tent we're literally outside yeah, you know yeah. we're, 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 gorilla camera. style gorilla style with yeah. actual gorillas it's <laughs> like so, that boy down all right this has been eccentric tom this has been rocket Safi. and this is uh, the voice of reason i am shafiq okay we're signing out thank you so signing much signing out bye 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 ah we're drowning <laughs>